Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com slash citizens. Citizens! Citizens! Welcome! Happy Wednesday! Happy Wednesday. Okay, this is where you say happy Wednesday to you too. Happy Wednesday. Yes. I had a dream. I had a desire, I guess. You know that epic moment at camp where that Christopher Washington got up and beat bo- ba- beatbox battled with Zach? Zach, are you here? Little Zach? Zach's not here. I really wanted to get up in the middle of the beatboxing challenge and just go boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants. Boots and cats? I like boots and pants. Riker's here. Guys, our, our Golden Plunger champion is here this, this week. Claps. There we go. He has not recently gotten lost in the household plumbing, so good news. Good news. Guys, welcome at Citizens. You're here. You made it. Uh, seriously, thank you. Like, I love gathering with you guys, and I know, I know what this means that you're here. Because right now, some of you, like, have this secret, like, internal turmoil because you're like, there's homework waiting for me at home, right? And you're a little scared, okay? Um, so I get it. You, you make a sacrifice to come every week. You're showing that this is a priority, and so we appreciate um, you making community a priority. You'll never regret it. These relationships last forever. Praise the Lord, school does not. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, well, I was thinking about something this week, and I think you know the struggle of it. You know, when you, like, open up your, you, like, make your Instagram account or perhaps TikTok I need someone who's educated in TikTok to teach me because I'm officially old now, which is real sad. Um, but you make, a, you make an account, right? And you like, you take that selfie. It's super good. You got all the right angles. You don't have to take like 30 selfies just to get the right angle, you know? And then you got to get that filter right. And so you get it good. You're like, you've looked at it for like 20 minutes at all angles. Your selfie is perfect. You're about to hit save on the profile. But then there's that, like, empty text box. You know the empty text boxes? The, like, tell us about yourself box, right? The bio. What is on your bio? Am I the only one in here that really struggles with what to put on a bio? You're like, how do I sum up my whole life in 140 characters? It has to be unique and not lame, right? It has to be clever, but not too long. It has to be cool, but like, not too cool, you know? It just has to look like I'm trying, not trying too hard, but I have to try really hard to not try too hard, right? (sighs) Yes, so uh, if you uh, were paying attention on the citizen stories today, I asked you to submit your uh, bio in the story, and we were going to guess who's who. Are you ready to guess who's who? Yeah? It didn't go through? I'm sorry, Micah. All right, so I've got... I got a handful. I didn't get everybody because some of you submitted like last minute, but here we go. Let's try a few. 
<laughs> Easy peasy. Miss Cassie P, UHS. <laughs> Next one. Who's this one? You know? Is it Natalie? How do we know? Shug forever. Natalie, what is Psalm 62? We'll have to look it up. We'll have to look it up. All right. Next one. I really have no idea whose this is. Does anybody know whose this is? It's the Easter Island face. Or if you're, uh, what is it, Night at Museum? He's like the dum dum wants gum gum. <laughs> is anybody going to claim this in the room? I should check the social media, yeah. Is it Kelsey? I don't know. Mystery emoji person. All right. Who's next? It is Hannah. Yes, Hannah is a citizen's grad. She's at the University of Montana. She, uh, she submitted in. Yeah, Hannah the runner. Next one. I love drawing, reading, writing, hanging with cats, and admit to enjoying Overwatch and Halo. Who is that? Simone, it's you. <laughs> yes. This one. Mom friend, better move on over. The grandma friend is here. <laughs> Does anybody know who this is? This one is a rec staffer from camp. It is not Christine, although Mama Christine is all of our favorite grandma. It is Laura Key. Yes. Yes. So good. All right, next one. He is greater than I, Union High School 21 and Clark College. Mia, is it you? It's you. Very nice, very nice. Hi. Believe it or not, it's my bio. Does anybody know who this is? Is it Elias? It's you. Hi, Elias. I'm glad you're here. All right, this one was the last one. It is Matt. Matt, where are you? Yes, this one's my favorite, a grace Save Jedi. Yes, it's Jesus and nerdy. It's the best. It didn't fit all of your podcasts that you have tagged in there. I'm sorry. He's on like seven different podcasts, so you have a celebrity in your midst. All right, yes, our bio. It's so hard to figure out what's on your bio. I think I struggle every time. I think right, mine right now literally just says Pacific Northwest, Northwest Gospel Church. Like super easy, easy to the point, little P&W. Yes, but so... You know, most of us might, like, leave it blank or we put something that we do. You know, if you're a soccer player or if you're other sports player, um, if you do other things like music or other hobbies that you have, um, some of you put your schools, right? There's several schools up there or maybe you put things that you like. Um, but I think there's a small, like, whispering question that the bio gives us, and it's like, what is the point of your life, right? It's asking you, like, what do you do with your life? What's the purpose? And it's like this small, simple task seems to give us a little bit of an anxiety because there's this, like, whispering question in the background of, like, what is your life all about? What is your life all about? And between, you know, all the different people in this room, there's a lot of different types of people, right? I'm different than you. You're different than me. She's different than him. He's different than her. Like, I don't know even what Overwatch is, so, right? I don't, I don't do those things. Um, there's, 
a whole slew of different hobbies and interests and activities in this room. Um, but tonight, we're going to look at if you are a Christian, there's one thing that should be on all of our bios. Even though we're all different, um, we all have a common mission and a purpose and a goal. And it's a word that you're probably going to hear us say a lot in this room. Jesus, yes, and the gospel. Who is the gospel is about Jesus, right? And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at what our mission is and what missions as a whole is. Um, we are, like Sam said, starting our series Made for Missions. And so this week, we are, we've got to start at the beginning, right? We've got to start on the why, the gospel, and why do we proclaim the gospel? You'll see that we are a, a people that are passionate about the gospel. We talk about it all the time, and we tell people about it. And so why? Why are we so passionate about the gospel? What is it about the gospel that's important? Why do we talk about it all the time? Why would we spend so much of our life talking about the gospel? And so tonight, um, as we as we answer that question, we're going to answer that question in three parts tonight. Um, but we're going to start by looking at the book of Romans, the book of Romans. So Romans is a book in your Bible um, after the Gospels, after Acts. Um, and it's a, it's a letter written to Christians in Rome from Paul. Now, Paul is a guy who was not a Christian at first. In fact, he was a Christian killer. He was zealous um, for his Jewish religion, and he thought Christianity was a threat. And he went around killing Christians until one day Jesus literally knocked him off his horse and was like, bro, stop it. <laughs> and he had an encounter with Jesus. And since his encounter with Jesus, his life was never the same. And he devoted the rest of his life sharing the gospel. And he taught the gospel. And he went to different countries to tell the gospel and got shipwrecked a few times and got beat up in towns. And Paul literally gave his whole life. Like, he died for the sake of the gospel. The gospel was so important to Paul. And it's important to us. So why was Paul passionate about the gospel, and why are we passionate about the gospel? So as we read uh, this passage we're going to read tonight, um, he, Paul is writing to a church of people who actually are way more different than you and I are different. It's a room, it's a church full of Jews and Gentiles, which when I say that out loud right now, you're like, oh yes, yes, indeed. But it you're like, what? What does that even mean, right? Jews and Gentiles, these are people who are completely different. Like, they have completely different uh, religious origins. They have completely different holidays. They have completely different food. And you're like, that's not a big deal. Try putting a vegan in the same room with Ron Swanson, okay? It's just, right, there is conflict, and that's what these people are like. One, people, one person wants to eat the pig for this holiday, and everyone's like, no, you can't do this. They have conflict. They have different um, ideas in the way that they work. These Jews do a weird thing. They take a day off every week, and they call it the Sabbath. That's super weird. How lazy are they? Right? This is, this is the conflict this church has, but Paul says, you know, there's so many things that would say that this church... Uh, on paper, there's no way they should get along. There's no way they should unite. But Paul opens up his letter and says, we are united in one mission. We have something that gathers us together, that we are on mission together, and that is the mission of the gospel. And about the gospel going global. 
And the same is true for us. We are passionate about the gospel. We're passionate about the global gospel and it being spread. And we're passionate more than just like a humanitarian relief effort. We're passionate more than just uh, like doing a service project or even getting clean water. And yes, all of those things are good. And yes, we're passionate about those things because we're passionate about the mission of God. But our mission's different because our meeting of a need comes with a message. We meet a need and we say it's because of the gospel. It's because of Jesus. It comes with a message, the gospel, and we're telling them about a person, Jesus. And we are passionate about the gospel. We're passionate about Jesus. So why are we passionate about the gospel? Um, Let's take a look and read from Romans and see what Paul says. We're going to start in verse 8. He says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith has been proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit and the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you, for I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, or, or that is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far has been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel." For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The gospel. Paul is passionate about the gospel. The gospel is the good news about Jesus. The good news that Jesus lived and he died with my sins on his back, but he resurrected to life, defeating death for my sake so that I could have life with God. This message, this story, this is what Christ followers, no matter who you are or what hobbies you have or what you spend your life doing, this is what we declare with our lives. And so why are we so passionate about the gospel? Let's start back at the top. He opens up with a thanksgiving. He says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. He says, your faith has been proclaimed in all of the world. The first thing we see and why we're so passionate about the gospel is because our faith is public. We have a public faith. Paul opens up with such thankfulness. He says, I'm so, I thank my God that your faith has been proclaimed in all of the world. It's not just that they have faith, but their faith has been spreading throughout the whole world. This is a public faith. And I don't know if you've ever like sat with a passage like this and just contemplated the fact that you're reading it right now. Like this is an ancient text written to ancient Romans in an ancient church where he says your faith is being proclaimed in all the world. And Paul even then didn't even understand how all the worldish 
it became. Like we're sitting in North America, like the farthest edge of North America, except for Alaska, right? Like we're, we're about as far as you can go from the epicenter of when this was written and we are hearing the gospel. We talk about the gospel every week. We practice it, we live it out. Like that is amazing. That is amazing. And, and like Sam said, it's because the faith not only went public, but it was passed on. People told it to their families and their friends and their neighborhoods for years and years and years and generations and generations and generations. And here we are. And yet the gospel still has places to go. There are parts in this world where people, people have never heard the gospel. They've never heard the name of Jesus. There are even people in our city who may have never been told about Jesus. We live in a part of the country where like, it's, it's not the Bible Belt, right? People don't necessarily grow up going to church. We live in a part of the country where there's a lot of no religion. There are people that you interact with every day that did not grow up with the Bible stories. They don't know, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, because the Bible tells me so, <laughs> right? They don't grow up with the, the, the Sunday school the stories. So where does it go? Where does the gospel go from here? Where does it go from you? How public is your faith? How public is your faith? Will it pass on to the next generation? Will you be a part of that baton pass as we pass on the faith together. So Paul is thanking God because of the, the worldwide, global aspect of their faith. Um, but notice who he thanks in this passage. He doesn't say, thank you, Romans, and thank you, Roman citizen, for passing on the faith. He says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being proclaimed in all the world. Jesus gets the credit. Our public faith points to Jesus. The content of our message, the good news about Jesus, is made happen through Jesus. It's his love, it's his death, it's his resurrection that we proclaim, we proclaim, and it's the reason we believe, and it's the way that it goes out to the whole world. He is the one that changes hearts, and Jesus gets all the glory. And it can happen sometimes as we talk about missions and we talk about like, will we pass on the faith? How public is your faith? Will you go to that person? And we begin to like pick up the burden of mission on our shoulders and we think, ah, if I don't do it, it won't happen. But that's not what, that's not the truth here, right? The burden of the gospel mission going forth is on the shoulders of the one who bore your sin. It's sitting on the shoulders of Christ and he is using us in his mission to tell the whole world about them. So yes, we do reach the person sitting next to us in class or across the street, um, but we thank God that he's the one that birthed faith in us so that we could give that faith to someone else and we pray that that faith would come alive in the people that we talk to. But Jesus gets all the glory. This is a global mission. It's a public mission. And it's a mission we're on together. We talked about in our student leader meeting on Sunday that like if, one of, if each of us like 
only talk to one person about the gospel, you literally double the size of the room, right? Imagine us not being able to have this like curtain wall here because each of us brought a friend next week, you know, packing the room out so that we could all hear the gospel together. It's a mission that we're on together. So we're passionate about the gospel because it is a public faith. Our faith is public, but there's something that motivates our mission. And so we're going to continue in Paul's letter, see what motivates why we share the gospel. So he says this, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you, for I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may mutually be encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, for I have often intended to come to you, but thus far I've been prevented in order that I may reap some harvest among you. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. Can you see the passion in Paul's voice? I kind of love passages like this because this like tough, like scholar who has kind of like a biting wit is actually just a big sap. He loves his people. Right? He loves the people in his churches. And we see through Paul that our message of the gospel is motivated by love. First and foremost, our, our message is motivated by love. It's motivated um, in love for one another and for those who don't know the gospel. I mean, look at Paul's language here. He says, without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers. Like, I think about you all the time, and I pray for you all the time. Like, I love you guys. I pray for you. He says, I long to see you. I want to be with you. I am eager to preach the gospel to you. Paul is motivated by love. He's so excited to be with them. He's so excited to tell them about Jesus. It's like how you know, we feel when we don't have, like, citizens for a long time, you know, that Christmas break thing, we come back, we're like, I'm so excited to be back with you, so excited to talk about Jesus together. He loves his people, and he's motivated by love. Um, some of you may have heard me talk about it before, but we are all motivated by the things we love. We are all evangelists of the things that we love. I personally uh, like to take the mantle of being the breakfast evangelist. I love breakfast. If you need a place to go for breakfast, come consult me because I can tell you like a bajillion places to go to breakfast. I love breakfast. My latest find, this is my message, um, is, uh, I don't think she's here tonight, but do you guys know, do you guys remember Ember Mack from last week? Is she here? I don't think she's here this week. Um, her sister, okay, breaking news. That's the breaking news sound. Breaking news. Her sister runs a breakfast burrito food cart. Yes, in downtown Vancouver, Saturdays and Sundays next to Relevant Coffee. So you go there, get a breakfast burrito, get some coffee. I'll see you there Saturday. Yes, it's so good. I love breakfast, right? I will tell you all day long about breakfast. We are evangelists about the things that we love. And we do without shame, right? Because breakfast is amazing. The question I have for you is what 
do you love? What do you love? What are you an evangelist of? <laughs> what can you not stop talking about? What do you tell people about? You see, love is where it begins because love is what motivates us. Love is what encourages us. Love is what propels us forward to declare the message. And this is where we gotta begin with the gospel. And maybe you're like me in this moment, you're like, do I love breakfast more than I love the gospel? Because I talk about breakfast more than the gospel, you know? And this is where we begin is, God, give me a love for the gospel. Give me a love for Jesus that is so amped up that I want to tell people about Jesus and that I love the people that I'm talking to because we love to tell the people we love about the things that we love, right? So, God, let me love you and let me love those around me that I tell the ones that I love about you that I love. Like, help me to be motivated by this love. And I think Paul even realized that the love that he had for those that he was speaking to, he says, I'm eager to be with you. I pray for you all the time. Is not even Paul's love. We didn't read this verse, but a couple verses up um, in the intro of the letter, when he's like from to, uh, in the to section of the letter, he says this. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. Paul is recognizing that these Christians are loved by God. And I will love them like God loves them. And this is the love that we have not only for one another. And this is the love that not only your leaders have for you. But this is the love that we um, ask God to help us to develop for those around us. Often as Christians... Um, we get a bad rap, right, amongst your friends because our motives seem to be actually motivated by hate. We're more known for what we're against than what we're for. Or maybe people think we're motivated simply by being right. Like we want to debate in science class and we want to debate in these things. Or even when we talk about missions, um, people get iffy when we talk about like faith-based or like Christian missions because all they think of is like the Crusades, you know? of medieval times where it's just conquest, it's imperialism, it's taking over, it's pushing our thoughts upon people. And that's not at all what it's about. Our message is motivated by love, a love for God and a love for those people who we wanna share the story of Jesus. And so we ask God, help me to be motivated by love. And let us pray that we would be motivated by love. So our gospel message, that's our motive. It's, it's love. But this love for one another also um, it encourages, encourages us. Look at what Paul said. Um, let's go back to one of these lines he said. Super interesting line. He said, for I long to see you, that I may impart some spiritual gift to strengthen you. Or, or rather, that is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours in mind. There's something that happens when Christians come together and we share the story of what Jesus is doing in our lives. Our stories, our testimonies, our witness of what God is doing in our lives is a gift that we give to one another. If you were here last week, you go, yep, because last week was stories. And every time I leave stories, I'm just like, man, how many of you left last week and you're just encouraged? Like, 
God is so good. Like the story that, that Gavin shared and the story that uh, Ember shared and, and Alexa and this is what God is doing in their lives. And Mia and all, all of you who got up and shared, I'm like, wow, God is so good. God takes people from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Man, he saves people in their worst seasons. Man, he brings them a family. He gives them a community. And it encourages one another. And really, that's it. That is gospel proclamation. It's just telling the story of Jesus. We tell the story of Jesus. And we tell the story of what Jesus is doing in our lives. And because we've been captured by the love of God, and because we love God, we just tell these stories, like we tell stories about our loved ones, or we tell stories about our friends, and we talk about what Jesus is doing in our lives, and it impacts those who may have never heard about Jesus, and it encourages other Christians. So we're passionate about the gospel. We're passionate because it's, our faith is public, we're passionate because our gospel message is motivated by love. But so far, we're actually missing the most important part of the story. So our faith is public. It's our, gospel, our, mission, our message is motivated by love. But we've got to get to the good stuff. Last couple of verses of our section today. Paul ends with these famous lines. And he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Our message is motivated by love and we're not ashamed because our hope is in the saving power of the gospel. These stories that we share about what Jesus is doing in our lives to one another and to those who have never heard about Jesus comes with power. And it is the power to save. Have you ever had that moment uh, at school where you're talking with a friend, it's a super normal day, maybe they're having an issue with a relationship or there's like a boyfriend-girlfriend issue or maybe there's something that came up in their house and their family or with their parents or, or maybe some controversial like subject comes up in school or a political situation or um, maybe they're just like, hey, what did you do about that thing that you did? And it's like the movie moment where like everything pauses, like me. And like, you're just like, you know where like it pauses, but then you're like sitting there thinking and talking to yourself? And it's like you have a choice in that moment and how you answer. You can choose to answer and out yourself as a Christian based on your, what you think about this or what decision you made on that or what advice you'd give them. Or you can choose to remain undercover. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And those moments as we pause and we think like, oh, do, I want to be, do I want it to be clear that I'm a Christian right now? We do not have to be ashamed of the gospel because the gospel comes with saving power. It comes with saving power. He said, it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. The gospel is power 
for right living. It does two things. It frees us from our sin. It frees us from the turmoil and the struggle that we have in our sin, the shame, the things that we hide in the darkness. It frees us from ourselves. How many times am I my worst enemy? How many times do I am the one that does the wrong thing? It frees us from our sin, but it also frees us to make the right choices. It frees us to live in righteousness. When this group of people are doing this and you know that they're wrecking their life in it, it frees you to make a different decision. It changes lives. Just like uh, the stories we heard last week, the gospel the work of Christ moves us from the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of light. It is power as we share our stories. We, your friends and mine, like, we're looking for answers. Like, we Google everything, right? I had a friend who had a, a life issue, and she studied horoscopes for a week to try to figure out what to do right? And we, we look at these things and we look at the profiles of people that we know on the internet or we, you know, look to our grades or our scores or our wins or our losses or we look to a number of different things to decide what is going to bring us direction and clarity in our lives. And as we get to the ends of that thing, we finish our Google search, we check our horoscope, we look at our grades, we're still empty, we're just as lost and confused as we were before. The gospel is a better way. The way of Jesus is not just a better way. He's the only way. And so we're not ashamed. We're passionate about the gospel because it's powerful. It's true. It's clear. The world is messy and life is hard, but Jesus is good. The gospel is powerful. And the beautiful thing about the gospel is it's not your power and it's not my power. Sometimes when we tell our story, we want to tell people about what Jesus is doing in our lives, we think like, I got to make sure I say all the right things because what happens if I say the wrong things? And they either think I'm a liar or it's not true or, or I can't, how do I make this person like see how good the gospel is? Or how do I make this person like see how awesome Jesus is? It's not our power. We're not the one that's doing it. The tool you have in your hand is your story for what Jesus is doing in your life and the story of Jesus' life from the scripture. These are your tools. And you just say it. That's what it means to be a witness, is to tell the story. And it's the power of Jesus. It's the power of the spirit that does those things. I mean, think back to when you first followed Jesus. When you first believed in Jesus, was it because um, somebody was like, here is a seven-point PowerPoint for why this is a wise choice? You're like, isn't that what we do every week? No. <laughs> it's because in a moment, your eyes were open. You said, oh, God is so beautiful. God is so good. He is so beautiful. I want to follow him. It was that moment for me. I was uh, graduated high school. I spent a summer sleeping because AP student life. I slept all through the summer, and my college plans tanked into the ground. I was going to 
go double major out of college, I had my classes set up, I'd already tested into higher levels of classes, I already picked my dorms, I had a roommate, and it all fell through. And I was sitting in the floor of my room, and I was mad at God. But in that moment, he kind of showed me my life and showed me all the ways that I, that I could have gone sideways, all the things that he had protected me from. I wasn't making wise decisions in high school all the time. And I realized God has been good to me even when I ignored him. God has been good to me even when I didn't want him. God has been good to me even when I've been so wrong. And it was in that moment my eyes were open. I said, wow, God is good. His, his word is good because it tells me about him. I love God. And this is the power of the gospel in our lives. It's not your power and it's not mine. We share the story and we pray that the power changes lives. So we are not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God to change lives. Why are we so passionate about the gospel? (laughs) Because our faith is a public faith. We're passionate about the gospel because it's motivated by love love for God and love for one another. And we are passionate about the gospel because it is our hope for saving power in our lives. And so tonight, um, we're gonna respond in those three areas. And over the next several weeks, we're gonna be talking about this, the gospel message, God's global mission. How do we get on mission with him? But tonight is, is the why. Why? Are we passionate about the gospel? And so there's three ways um, that we're going to respond tonight. Um, And we have kind of our three sections here. We have our first one, right? Our faith is public. First, our faith is public. And for some of us in here, the scariest thing is coming out as a Christian. (laughs) Because what are your friends going to think? What are they going to do about it? And so um, over here at this table... There are just papers here that says, our faith is public. So we're going to go in time of response here with music, but at this table, this is a place where you just write a personal prayer of like, Lord, give me courage. God, help me to not be ashamed of my faith. God, help me to be public about what I believe. So our faith is public. That's one way we'll respond. Second way, right, our message is motivated by love. Our message is motivated by love. So over here is another uh, prayer paper table. And these are just prayers like, God, help me to love. Help me to love people the way you love them. That person that I'm absolutely certain will never, ever follow Jesus, and he really frustrates me. (laughs) Give me your love for him. Give me your love for this person. God, help me to love and help me to share because of my love for you and my love for them. So this is a personal prayer, um, asking God to to help us be motivated by his love. And lastly, um, because we're not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the, the, the hope of saving faith, we want to pray for that saving power to happen in the lives of people we know. So over on the far table, um, there are little index cards. 
And that one is actually one that you are going to take home with you. So I encourage you to take an index card and write a prayer about someone that you um, know needs Jesus, who needs to have the gospel like ingrained in their heart, who, who they need to hear this. And they need to not just hear it, but they need it to like hear it, you know, to get it in. And they need a heart change. And so you'll write, like I said, write a prayer. Lord, help us to be courageous. Lord, help me to love. And then uh, uh, write out an index card, a prayer for that person. And you'll keep that card and you'll keep it in your Bible. And I encourage you as you read your Bible through the week or um, even, you know, every week as we gather together, like take that card out and pray for them. Um, so I'm going to invite the band up. And as we um, move into this time of response, I encourage you to, to get up. It's going to be a little chaotic. Um, get to one of these tables um, don't have to do the tables in a particular order, um, uh, but, you know, kind of move around a little bit. So let me pray for us, and then uh, we'll disperse amongst the tables. Lord God, we thank you um, that from the very beginning, God, the story of our Bibles tell us that from page one, you have desired to be a God that is with us a God that dwells among us. And, and our sin and our desire to be like God, to throw you off, had created so much distance. God, but I thank you that you stopped at nothing to be with us. God, that you gave us Jesus. God in human form who lived a perfect life, who showed us what it looked like to love unconditionally, who was innocent yet died for my sin, for our sin. But yet because he was sinless and was God, raised to life, that you 